You're listening to the Quicker Than Fast podcast with your hosts, Michael and Robert Hardwick. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Quicker Than Fast Podcast to stay up to date on NFL news, information regarding episodes, and to join the conversation. And why not hit that like and share button on our Facebook page? And thank you for your support. Ladies and gentlemen, pull out your hair ties. It's time to let your hair down and truly get funky. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Quicker Than Fast podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Hardwick, joined again with my brother, Robert. Hey. Um, we are recording today's episode from the TP Fort Studios. Um, and all jokes aside, we do hope everyone is doing well and managing to get through this time that we're all going through. Very unprecedented time. But yeah, we just hope everybody's doing well. And you know, hopefully football can continue to give us this... Um, this excitement we need with, with no sports on TV. Um, and hopefully we can continue to provide you content as we've been trying to do with our past episodes and we'll continue to do for episode five. We wanted to turn it back to the draft and continue to give you prospects leading up to the draft before we start heading into our mock drafts. Um, in an episode five, we're going to be covering quarterbacks and running backs, arguably the two maybe most exciting classes, just because it's the guys that, you know, usually score your touchdowns and make things happen on the field. Um, so for the episode, we're going to give you our top 10 quarterbacks and give you our top 10 or top seven running backs and just talk a little bit about their traits, maybe some good team fits and maybe some player comps, um, tell you about some players we're excited about and hopefully you guys enjoy that. So if you're a, a fan of a team that needs a quarterback or a running back, hopefully this episode's for you, but I guess without further ado, let's just dive on in and we're just going to start with, you know, I said, we're going to do our top 10 quarterbacks, but I'm going to give you a guy I'm excited about who will actually probably be converting more to a wide receiver, and that's Khalil Tate, a quarterback out of Arizona. It's about 6'2", 215, so you know, very good wide receiver size if he decides to switch over. Um, Khalil Tate, he's exciting to watch. You know, He has all those scrambling quarterback attributes, loves to you know, get around the field. He makes plays happen. But I do think you know, he's probably going to be in the mold of the Braxton Millers and the Greg Ward Juniors who transfer to wide receivers – and you saw last year, Gray Ward had a really good season at the Eagles when he got a chance to play. What do you think about Khalil Tate? For sure. I mean, he was exciting on the college level. I mean, he made plays all around the field with his legs, with his arms. Like you say, going to the NFL, a team, I mean, like the Eagles had taken Greg Ward and moved him into receiver. I mean, he's going to be that type of player once you get there. You're going to want to look at him as what tools can he provide besides being a quarterback. I don't think he can make it as a starter. And I don't think he can even make it as a backup, but he'd be a good receiving option and maybe your third string quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're seeing what teams are doing with these non, you know, these quarterbacks like, like Taysom Hills that are transitioning to other positions and having a success. So I think, you know, you can see more teams like the Saints. They've I mean, taken shots on these type of players and they're just matchup problems. You never know what they're going to do with the ball in their hands. So, yeah, I just wanted to point you in the direction of Cleo Tate. If your team does end up drafting him, he's exciting. So. But for our number 10 quarterback, we're going to be talking about Nate Stanley, quarterback out of Iowa, who many of you might know if you're Iowa fans. Um, 6'4", 235, big quarterback, ran a 4.79, so pretty good speed for a big quarterback. But, Robert, what do you have about Nate Stanley? Uh, like you say, he's a big quarterback, came from Iowa. They won a lot of games at Iowa. So he was a senior that had been there four years, been starting for a long time, had some good line, had some good tight ends come that came through the draft. Uh, only problem is he's inconsistent. One game, he'd look like he should be a first-round pick. The next game, he should look like he shouldn't be on a college field. So it's just trying to find what he is. I don't think he's going to be a starter at the next level. He's going to be a fourth, sixth-round type of quarterback yep. that you take, try to develop. Um, could be a good backup when he gets going. Uh, his decision-making is bad. His pocket presence isn't very good. Yeah, and when you mentioned you know, probably going in the four to six range, you know, he's going to be – so that's a mid to late round pick, and you're not really losing anything on those, taking a guy um, that, that's had a lot of success, knows how to win games. And like you said, if you can get those games from him where he looked like a first-round type quarterback, I mean, he has the build, everything you'd want from a quarterback. He's a strong guy, you know, kind of comes in like the Ben Roethlisberger mode or size. And since you speak on Ben, I think he'd be maybe a good fit for the Steelers to try to develop. Uh, I like Chicago, even though they've made different moves here in the offseason. Or I like Denver backing up. Uh, Drew Locke, but he's got an arm. He's just inconsistent at trying to dial that in. And if you're not consistent at the NFL level, you're not going to be there very long. Absolutely. So yeah, Nate Stanley's coming at number 10 for us. 
Um, we'll move on to number nine, another big guy, Steven Montez, quarterback out of Colorado. Again, big guy, 6'4", 231, so very similar in size. But Nate, there, Steven Montez ran a 4.58, so even quicker than what, what Nate Stanley ran. Steven Montez is a guy who, if you can get him on the right day, kind of like Stanley, I mean, you, there's a lot to work with with Steven Montez. Um, I'm going to just give a player comparison right away for him, and that's Josh Allen. We're seeing at the Bills, a guy who came out of a, you know, again, smaller school. He was from Wyoming. We got a Colorado here. But Colorado had a lot of success yep. at times throughout, you know, their, their time there in the Pac-12. And I just think Steven Montez is probably going to go into a situation where you're not going to see him really sh- challenging for the, any sort of a, a starting role, for sure, but for a couple of years. He really has to clean up his, his footwork. Um, he, he, he seems really kind of timid or nervous in the pocket. Um, but, you know, he can make plays happen. I mean, if you watch uh, the Nebraska tape, which many of you probably watched, he brought, you know, Colorado back against Nebraska. He's just – he's a fun guy to watch. You hope for the best for him because he's got a big arm. You know, he had LaVisca Chenault, who we covered in our wide receiver rankings. Um, and those two together had a really good tandem. And I do think uh, Steven Montez, if he goes to the right team – and I think a team like the Bills, you know, I gave the Josh Allen comp. I think he'd slide in perfectly behind that if something happens to Josh Allen. Very similar type quarterback comes in. Or like the Steelers we talked about with Nate Stanley. I mean, those molds of the Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, they they tend to do really well with those guys. So If, if the Dolphins miss their quarterback first round, then I'd be looking at Montez maybe second or third round there. The beginning of the year, the way that players or scouts were hyped on him, he was going to be a first round pick. He has the talent, the athleticism. But he just didn't show consistency this year. So he could turn out to be a very good pro. But you just need to see it on a consistent level. Maybe when he gets more talent around him that matches that, maybe you'll start to see it more. And some teams, are you're going to love him or some teams you're going to hate him. You know, you kind of mentioned second round. It could be he could fall away to like the fourth. You know, it depends on what teams, you know, how teams are, are going to view him and what kind of a project they think they actually have. You know, his dad played in the NFL, so he comes from a good pedigree. Um you know, he's a smart kid. He, you know, he has the, the desire to be great. And so you really root for the guy and you hope he lands in a good position. But that's why he falls in at number nine for us. Um, at number eight, we have James Morgan out of FIU, Florida International University. Another 6'4", 229 quarterback. Got that prototypical size, stuff you look for in a guy. And this is a guy that's been rising up boards. But Robert, you have some on uh, James Morgan. Um, again, like you said, there's big hype on him right now. He had a really good senior bowl. He's extremely accurate. There's been a lot of comparisons that maybe he's a upcoming Brett Favre, a poor man Brett Favre. Uh, that's a big stretch right now coming out of Florida International. Uh, he can make every throw, just like you talk about Brett Favre making. He's very tough. Uh, he He's a winner in his own right. He'll do what he can. But he just has consistency issues throwing the ball. It's hard to get in a rhythm for him. So he'll have one game where – it's a 90% completion rating, and then all of a sudden it's a 50. So that's not going to work when you get to the NFL level. It's going to be teams like the Vikings, Packers, or Eagles that can take him in, develop him, and then hopefully make him a starter two, three years if they need to. Yeah, and, and James Morgan, you know, we mentioned FIU. So there's the issue of, you know, he had some success in a smaller conference. So what does, how does that translate? You just never really know, but we've seen success out of Carson Wentz and so, you know, I mentioned Josh Allen, these players that come from small schools, Jimmy Garoppolo, and, you know, he's a he's a hometown kid for Green Bay. Yep. So you mentioned the Packers, you know, and it's kind of interesting. Maybe you could bring him in third, fourth round. You have a backup there behind Aaron Rodgers, and he sits for a couple of years and could work. For a lot of guys that are coming from these maybe smaller schools, it takes them a while to get caught up with how fast the NFL game is. So if he if he sits for a couple of years behind an Aaron Rodgers um, – it's able, he's able to read the defenses a little better than maybe he wasn't doing at school before. So I think it'd be a good opportunity for him. But like you say, he's a name that is rising up boards right now and wouldn't be surprised if someone took him end of second, beginning of third, Very which well is could. a big stretch. But. Yeah, and, and one thing that's going for him is the, the success that Gardner Minshew had last year. You know, again, you know, you guys know the Gardner story. Yep. But, you know, you can take a guy in those mid rounds and he has kind of the charisma to kind of rally a team like Gardner did. So I do think he has that going for him and he's an interesting guy to watch and just watch for him. I think, I think teams would be happy if they can land uh, James Morgan in the right spot. Coming in at number seven, we have a kind of a polarizing guy. I mean, a lot of success in college, but what's he going to be? And that's Jake Fromm um, out of Georgia, 6'2", 219. You know, he measured him with very small hands. He doesn't have the physique you'd like, but Robert's going to talk about uh, Jake Fromm. He, He's a winner. 
I mean, you look at him going through a Georgia program like that, they won a lot of games, so it's kind of hard to tell if it was him, if it was the team. They won in the SEC, so against tough, uh, tough opponents. But he's inconsistent when he throws the ball. He's not a deep ball thrower. Nope. So he's going to be, I mean, dink and dunk around Check the down field. Charlie. And it, that doesn't that doesn't translate to wins in the NFL if you look at it. You look at people like Kirk Cousins, things like that. I mean, you don't win many games when you have to throw the ball down the field. So comparisons, I'd say maybe like a Colt McCoy or Andy Dalton. And those have been players that have been in the league for a while. And I think he can stick in the league for a while and be a good backup. I just don't see him being a day-one starter or a long-term starter. I like the Saints, Pats, and even the 49ers as a backup. Uh, Again, he's been there for a little while. So the development isn't going to be huge for him. But you kind of know what you get in a winner like that. Well, he's a very smart player. You know, he's played a lot of football. He he pushed one of our higher-rated quarterbacks on our list you know, out of the program to a transfer. Um, so there, I mean, he, there was a lot of hype from him in his first year at Georgia, but yeah, very smart player, likable guy from all accounts. So he's go, he, he's a guy you still hope has success, but like you said, he's, you know, there might be a, a bad connotation with Andy Dalton. You know, you think Andy Dalton, you kind of think, Oh, that's not a good comp, but you know, Andy Dalton took the Bengals to the playoffs, something quarterbacks really haven't done. Yep. And I think if you, on, if you get a good version of Andy Dalton out of Jake Fromm, you're talking about a borderline starter but a very, very good backup for a long time. And he's going to remain around the league because he has the determination to do it and the intelligence and the love for the game. So all things you want to see, those intangible uh, things that we talk about. And there's something said for a good backup, depending on when you can get him. I do think that he is going to fall. Uh, there was talk of maybe end of the first round. I kind of see him second round, middle to the end of that. That'd be where I was more comfortable taking him at. Yeah, and what we saw from free agency, which like we discussed, the you know there's not a lot of teams there needing quarterbacks you know, as, as much as there was prior to the free agency period. So we're, we're, I think we're going to see those quarterbacks kind of shifting down and falling a little bit. And Fromm is going to be the, the one to do that. He's going to, I think you're, you're, you're right on when it's second round, maybe early third round, he'll go. When you have, when you have quarterbacks in the league out there, like Jameis Winston still on side at the time of recording, I mean, do you go take a Jake Fromm who can't push the ball down the field or take a risk on, Winston, who's gonna, who is able to yeah, push any, the ball down? Yeah, the field. any of those veteran quarterbacks yep. who are starters, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's Jake Fromm's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. Hopefully, he gets that right fit. But again, that's why he falls in at number seven. And yeah. you know, it was kind of close between the number six guy who you put over. We we talked about this before the episode. And at number six, we have Jalen Hurts. And I would say the reason we put Jalen Hurts one above Jake Fromm was just because one's kind of been rising a little bit because of what happened at the combine. And then the other one's been falling just because of what happened at the combine. So I think Jalen Hurts is a guy, you know, most of you probably know his story. He was at Alabama, won a national championship out of Alabama, um, and then was pushed, you know, got hurt in the national championship game. Tua Tagovailoa came in, um, ended up winning that game for him. Tua became the hero. All of a sudden, Jalen Hurts is pushed out. He transfers to Oklahoma, has a ton of success, is a Heisman finalist. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts has all the attributes, you know, 6'1", 222 pounds, ran a four five nine, so he's got that athleticism. What do you have on Jalen Hurts? Well, like you said, at Alabama, it looked like he was going to become the guy there before Tua came in, and all he did was go to Oklahoma and show out in his one year there. Yep. So, again, he is a winner. He's led programs to be winning programs. Um, he's going to be a good backup in the NFL. I don't think he has to change to any other position. Do you got any teams that you think maybe he'd fit with? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, you, you talked about not really having to translate or tra- change positions. And I think if he goes and backs up Lamar Jackson at the Ravens, that's a very similar thing. Quarterbacks that had all the athleticism you want, um, were winners in college. Obviously we know how Lamar turned out. I think if Jalen Hurts goes to the Ravens, there was talks early on that maybe Robert Griffin, the third would be traded to a team that could use his services, but I doubt that's happening, but I just think he'd fit in that, that locker room well. And you talk about mobile quarterbacks like that. Teams that I maybe think of too, depending on what happens in free agency, is the Houston Texans backing up Watson Good one. or Seattle backing up uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. So I think he's going to have to go into a system that maybe has those more mobile quarterbacks like that just because it's a scheme fit for if anything happens. Well, I just thought of one just now that I, I would put some money on to think that this is where he's going to go. Um, and it's a player that he compares very well to, and that's uh, Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. I could see him. They don't have really a backup in Dallas. Yep. They like those guys that come out of you know some of these bigger programs as well. And I'd say 
Jalen Hurts has, you know, he has some of the same characteristics Dax has. You know, he's a winner. He he he's charismatic. He he's a you know he captains most of his teams. But yeah, he has those leadership qualities that I think they're going to covet. And I could see them taking that third round pick. Maybe I've heard some like late second type of uh, rumors on him. But let me throw one more at you. And they just signed a quarterback. But what about the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, they they like those big programs. He's been at Alabama, Oklahoma. It doesn't get any bigger. So if they take a flyer on him, you know they don't like Derek Carr. They is Marcus Mariota going to be your answer Probably for not. the future? Yep. So do you take a chance on him if he gets into the third round and see what happens with him? Yeah, and I think a lot of teams look at just what the Ravens did with Lamar in running that kind of power run type for, and he would run that very well. He's two twenty two. You know, he has the size to take those hits. And then looking at what Taysom Hill's done. I think that's kind of your, you know, maybe Dak Prescott's the ceiling, Taysom Hill's kind of the floor. And and in no way do I say that he's as explosive as Lamar Jackson, but I feel like he has a better arm for the NFL than maybe Lamar does. And look yep. at the year he had. Yep. So, I mean, the game's kind of translating into those. So if you have a chance to take him in the third round and you're that team that needs a backup quarterback, go out yeah. and take a flyer on Ideally, him. you know, he'd fit really well in, in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to be well, going there to been, sit behind Kyler. He's been coached by some of the best coaches. I mean, yep. Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley. So to have that maturity and that knowledge in your locker room, like you say, that'd be great for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. I, I think it's a great fit if they're able to get him. Yep. I Just watch for it. I bet you Jalen Hurts will go higher than maybe we expect because somebody's going to find a way to use him. And I think he's going to have some moderate success mm-hmm. in the NFL. But So we'll get to our top five. At number five, we have Jacob Eason. And now we talked about Jake Fromm pushing a guy out of out of the team. Um, Jacob Eason was previously at Georgia and was very good at Georgia. Transferred to Washington when Jake Fromm got the role after he was hurt. And we, very big quarterback here, 6'6", 227, one of the taller quarterbacks in the class. Um, but you talk about an arm. You talk about arm strength. You talk about Jacob Eason and a couple of these other guys. But he maybe is the guy with the biggest arm. And well, I know you're a big Eason fan, it, so talk it, about Eason. I mean, if you're looking for a guy that can – Throw the ball as far down the field as you want. He's the get, he's going to be the guy in the draft. Um, off a of play action, he's able to turn, throw the ball deep, which a lot of quarterbacks can't do. I mean, he had over 3,000 yards passing and 23 passing touchdowns this year. It doesn't sound like a lot, but he had a 64% completion rating. And if you can get that with a guy that can throw the ball deep, you tend to take those. I mean, he's not going to be a day one starter when he gets drafted. But if he goes to a team, again, like the Saints – maybe the Patriots, depending on what's going on with them right now. I think it's a good developmental player that could take over for Breeze. I also like maybe the Vikings or the Packers, again, could sit behind. I mean, they're kind of at – Don't need them right away. Yep, they're at those points right now where where are we going to be? Cousins on another two-year deal. How long is Rodgers going to play? And an arm like that, it's hard to find. So if you can get that and then you know teach him the game, let him learn defenses – then I think it's going to be better for those teams that way. Yeah, and he's played a lot of football. Played at yeah. two great programs, Georgia. Both, you know, Georgia's obviously a great program, and so is Washington. Um, and he's had success in both places. Put up a lot of yards and a lot of good numbers. In well, both and places. he has the NFL size that everybody's looking for. I mean, at yeah. six six like that, yeah, he's he's going to be able to see over linemen. I mean, he the only knock on him is he's just little sporadic with the football yep. at times. Yeah, and he's not he's not mobile. Yep. You know, you get that with these big quarterbacks sometimes, but he makes he, some poor decisions when he when he has to get pushed out of the pocket, but again, those are things you can teach with good coaching. So yep. go to somewhere like the Patriots with Belichick who's been there and done that, then you might be able yep. to develop somebody for the next couple of Yeah, you of years. can't teach an arm strength um and and the size that he has. Yeah, decision making is an issue. Um, you know, maybe uh, you know, doing his reads quicker so he can he get to his right receivers faster. But then footwork, you know, that he throws a lot of bad interceptions just because of footwork. But Carson Wentz had a very similar problem when I was watching these Eagles games. He just relied on that arm strength he has and would just not get set and throw it. And you'd see those balls sky a little bit and then get picked off by the safeties. And he has that problem. And I think he's going to be like a Matthew Stafford type. And he doesn't have as much talent as Stafford because, I mean, Stafford went really early. Obviously, what was he the First pick, yeah, he's number one overall. Yeah, pick. Yep. and so Jacob Eason's definitely not that, but he has the potential to be that, and he has the potential to be like a Carson Palmer. Again, both another, good comps. He can yeah. another number one pick, but his inconsistency is just that's knocked him down. He could very well be a mid to bottom first round pick, depending on what teams look for with that arm size. Yeah, I you know I think there was a lot of mid first round hype on him for a while there, and with these quarterbacks finding spots in free agency, maybe that falls a bit. I really liked him at the Buccaneers, yeah. was, but with the Brady signing, that just I just don't think that's going to happen in the first round. I oh, think they're not going to be. You need to, to put those assets around Tom and yeah. not go get a quarterback to challenge him. But yeah. I think uh, you know well, that's enough on Eason. I mean, he's fun to watch. 
Um, watch tape on him. You'll fall in love with the arm strength for sure. Just like our number four guy, Jordan Love. Now, this is a guy I remember texting my brother before college football season started and saying, I know everybody loves Tua and I know everybody loves Justin Herbert, but they really need to be looking at Jordan Love um, coming off a phenomenal season. But Utah State, so a small school, but again, guy with the size, 6'4", 224, ran like a 4'7", um, but he is pretty mobile. He's he's able to – he's slippery. He's able to get away from players and extend the plays. Um, but again, talk about natural arm strength. Mm-hmm. A guy has some Mahomes-like arm strength where it's just a flick of the wrist, making some unconventional throws and makes things happen. And he is the fast, the, the highest riser on this board. Yep. I mean, after after last year's season – he, he put up really good numbers, and then all of his players graduated or some went to the pros. Yep. And so then this last season, he kind of struggled a little bit but didn't have many players around him. Um, yeah, I think we, you look at kind of what Colin Kaepernick was like coming out of Nevada out of school. Yep. And I mean, for whatever you think about Kaepernick, we're, we're talking about as a player profile, not off-the-field stuff. But, you know, he had that same – you know, Kaepernick was 6'5", had a very, very good arm. Um, and was mobile coming out of Nevada, and that's how the Niners got some success out of him. I think Jordan Love could kind of be a Kaepernick, but also he has some Mahomes throwing potential. Mm-hmm. Not trying to say he's Mahomes. So I, I'm going to be the bad guy in this. Is I think in college he showed poor judgment at times, and he likes staring down receivers, and that's going to be tough at the next level because those cornerbacks will jump things and pick him off. I do think he's going to be a good quarterback. Do I think he's going to be a Mahomes? Do I think he's going to be even a Kaepernick when Kaepernick was at the top of his game? I don't. Um, I just think he throws too many interceptions. This year, 20 passing touchdowns with 17 picks. Doesn't matter who's on the field. It's got to be better decision-making than that. So do I think he could be worked with? But I don't think it's going to be until two or three years down the road. And maybe it takes like an Andy Reid type that worked yeah. with Mahomes to really get that adjusted and dialed in. Well, because we, I mean, Mahomes was kind of the same way at Texas Tech. Yep. You know, I mean, you, you would think, oh, Mahomes must have lit up college football. But yeah, he had a ton of yards, but a ton of interceptions yep. and touchdowns. And Jordan Love, obviously, it's we're not trying to compare him to Mahomes by any means. But if he goes, he if he goes to the right system, you're talking about a potential steal in the draft, yep. depending on where you get him. It's going to be in the, probably in the first round for Jordan Love. But what you also – there's some like Blake Bortles, yep. Blaine Gabbert-type fears he, or Jamarcus he, Russell-type problems. He has a high potential, but a high potential to bust too. Risk-reward's big. If, if, your, if your team takes him, you're going to hear about how you have the next Patrick Mahomes. I mean, people are going to be flying high, but they're going to be quick to bail on him too because of it. So you don't want him to be a day-one starter. If your team takes him and he's the day one starter, be looking for a top five pick next year just because of the interceptions. No, I think the teams that probably best work for him, I mean, Patriots, if they could land a Jordan Love later in the draft, later in the first, um, and you're working with with one of the best programs. Um, otherwise, looking for the, one of those teams that have multiple first round picks, just because then maybe it's not such a waste if something doesn't go right. But Raiders, yep. you know, I know they, they got Mariota, but again, now Jordan Love, that gives him maybe another year to not have to play. But, man, you, you maybe get your franchise guy in Jordan Love. He just seems like what would be a perfect quarterback there. Well, Same and, with Miami. And who knows what John Gruden. I mean, he did the quarterback camps forever. You don't know what he likes. He likes the big arm kind of guys. I mean, he coached Brett Favre in Green Bay for a while. But he likes to think that he's smarter than everybody else and can develop these quarterbacks into being great things. With issues with Derek Carr, it's a guy that he could take right away, dump off Carr, trade him, and then have Love and Mariota go into the season. So, yeah. Um yeah, Jordan Love, he's, he's an interesting prospect. If he goes to the right place, we could see you know, a, a new, really fun quarterback. But we're going to move on to our number three guy, and that's Justin Herbert out of Oregon, another big quarterback, 6'6", 236. Uh, he ran a 4'6", which is a really good size, or a really good speed for someone with his size. And now Justin Herbert is another kind of polarizing player because you have some people who really, really, really would like Justin Herbert. And I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and then others don't really like him because he doesn't have your prototypical quarterback mentality. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the charisma and like the locker room leadership. He's a very smart kid. Went to Oregon, was was a scholar there, you know. And and I'm more on the skeptical side of him. I mean, he's won games at Oregon up there. He should have went out last year because he'd should've. been, if not the number one pick, a top five pick, depending on it. Still threw for about 3,500 yards this year and 32 touchdowns. He makes good decisions because he doesn't have as many interceptions. 
a lot of people like to compare him to like an Aaron Rodgers in college, things like yeah. that, and maybe have the potential. And I think he's more like the Carson Wentz yep. more than Aaron. I mean, that's yep. it's it's hard to compare those guys, but and, and he's very mobile, makes good throws on the run. I mean, he has good arm size, and obviously he has the he has the body for the NFL. My question is: is the same it was with Josh Rosen? Does he love the game? Yeah, he's quiet. Is he passionate about it? Does he want to show up and does he want to compete? I mean, you got to be able to take a team and become the leader and run with it. And I just don't know if he has that. And I think he's probably less of a risk, I think, than Josh Rosen because Josh Rosen had a little bit of off the field issues to maybe yep. couple with, oh, but does he really want to play football? Yep. Uh, Justin Herbert Valakounts loves the game. He just he's a really he's a student of the game. He he's a quiet guy. And some people don't like that. They like their quarterbacks to really be the face and really, you know, the Deshaun Watson types to come into a room and just take it over. And and so it, it'll be interesting with Justin Herbert. He, need, he needs a good, strong coach because as good as Oregon has it up there for coaching, they need someone that's a little bit better and get in his ear a little more. Yep. Um, and Justin Herbert's probably going to land himself, and he'll be a first-round pick. I'm going to assume top 15 is where we're looking. So um, right number two, uh, we have Tua Tungavaloa. Um, and I, you know, barring injury, would he be the number one? Would he be the number two? We don't really know. Um, but yeah, Alabama quarterback, like we know, six foot, 217. Talk about Tua. Uh, Tua throws, I mean, obviously for a lot of yards before the injuries, 33 passing touchdowns this year, three picks with 71% completion rating. I mean, he, incredible had, numbers. he had all the weapons in the world. So, yeah. I mean, is is it because of that? Is it because of Nick Saban, the line? What is it? Again, could have been the number one pick without injuries. I'm a little hesitant on the injuries. I could see teams, I mean, like the Redskins, Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers. Your top yeah. draft yep. teams. So, I mean, he's going to go probably top seven. Somebody might move up to get him. I, I, I'm a little weary on what he's going to be as a pro. A lot of left-handed quarterbacks don't work out in the so NFL. So what's your best comp for Tua? That's, it's an interesting one. Um, He's a little bit of a mix between Drew Brees and Russell Wilson because of the, I mean, the height. The height, yeah. And, He's accurate like Drew Brees. He's mobile like Gets the Wilson. ball out quick like yep. Drew Brees does in, in his offense. But, yeah, he has the mobility of Wilson. That's good. Um, and I think, yeah, Tua's all going to come down to his injuries. And, at, you know, at the combine, the medical checks were all good. People are really happy with what he's looking like for his injuries. And he so. rarely makes bad decisions. I mean, he doesn't throw the interception, things like that. So, in the NFL, it favors you that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you guys know the Tua story. You know, Tua's is going to go in the top, top five most likely. So, uh, but yeah, we're gonna get on to the number one guy, Robert's favorite guy, probably in the entire draft. Yep. So I'm gonna let him talk about it. Joe Burrow, LSU quarterback, 6'3, 221. Let it go on Joe Burrow. Well, he had 5,671 passing yards, 60 passing touchdowns, and only six picks with a 76% completion percentage this year. Arguably the best career season, season ever, ever seen. He'll hands down go the number one pick to the Bengals, or if someone trades up like the Dolphins or Panthers to get him, he could be a once in a decade type talent. You just don't know. It's been one year. You got to go look at other tape. I mean, there's not much to work off of there, but he can make all the throws. He has the mobility outside the pocket. A lot of people said he has the escapability and the ability to throw like Rodgers. Um, that's a lot to say there. I think he's more of a, an elite Jared Goff when Jared Goff was at the top of his game a couple years ago, which still – You'd Goff went number one, you'd take that number one, especially being the Bengals, trying to solidify that position. And Jared Goff's a great comp because when things go right for Goff, when he has the people around him yep. and he has the great offensive line like they did two years ago going to the Super Bowl, Jared Goff looked like an MVP yep. candidate. But when things aren't going well, you know, that's what Jared, Joe, or Joe Burrow had that. You know, yep. he kind of had a down season at LSU um, before this electric season that he did have. And if you're a Bengals fan, take him first pick. I mean, jump up and down, be excited, because I don't think that team is that bad once you get a quarterback in there that can really, I mean, make the ball move. Yeah, like we field. mentioned in the free agency recap, like they had a good, you pretty still, good free agency. You still got Joe Mixon, you got A.J. Green. I mean, Tyler Boyd. You know, and yep. you got some weapons there, and he might be able to, I mean, elevate those to maybe where Andy Dalton wasn't. Don't like Zach Taylor. I think there's going to be a new coach next year that will maybe fit Joe Burrow. But I do like the direction they're heading with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, okay, so here's a hypothetical for you, right? Number one overall pick, you're the Bengals. Say the Dolphins come to you and say, here's three first rounds. Do you stay and take Joe Burrow because of how much you like him? Or do you go back to number five? Say you're going to get then Tua or Herbert, but you also get three first round if picks. If he is absolutely your guy and you think he's going to be big in the future, you take him just because it's so hard to find those starting quarterbacks in the league. And it's hard to find free agents that want to go to Cincinnati. Well, and he's so, Ohio kid. Yep. So, so if it fits. he is the guy, it doesn't matter how many picks you have to take him. But 
it's hard with the three first round picks. I just don't think there's enough depth that is outside a wide receiver yep. to go take any other picks. Yeah. So yeah, that's our that's our top ten. Um, you know, Joe Burrow number one, Tua Tungavaloa number two, Justin Herbert number three, Jordan Love number four, Jacob Easton number five. Um, and I think you know those top five, those we could see those five quarterbacks going in the first round. Not 100% sure, but I'd say it's top heavy with the top two or three, and then you're going to have some maybe future backups and depending things like on that. your, yep. you know, if you're you might fall in love with those three yep. to six range guys. So, but you're going to have to do a little more studying on who these are going to be in the future. Yep. So yeah, that's our that's our quarterback rankings. Um, hopefully, you guys, if you guys are a team that needs a quarterback, you go look at some of these guys that really intrigue you in your type of system. But yeah, otherwise, we're going to move on to the running backs and give you our top seven running backs. Before we give you the top seven running backs on our list, I just wanted to give you an overall uh, opinion on the running back class for 2020 draft. And for me, I think the running back class is a very, very good group of running backs, but you might not have your top end talent running back like you've had in years past where you've had like Leonard Fournette's or you've had Zeke's um, or Christian McCaffrey's and things like that. You don't have maybe the top end guy. And I think maybe that's just the trend on how running backs are going. Um, you saw Todd Gurley getting cut like we talked about, but I just – I think this is a really good group that can go maybe 10 deep and you're going to find a lot of talent on the second or third round, which is good, good value for running back group. What do you think? I mean, it's not an elite group by any means, like you mentioned, but there's a lot of depth in there. Uh, the first three rounds, you'll be able to get good quarterbacks all the way through. That will be helpful to your team. It's a lot like last year's draft. Josh Jacobs not going until mid late first, late first round. round guy. And, and it's going to be the same this year. Uh, I'd be surprised if you see more than one running back in the first round. But the second and third round could maybe have like five, six of them in there. Pretty early in the yep. second too. Yep. yep. Because they're gonna there's gonna be a run on running backs in the second round, and they're gonna go quick. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, our top seven. Um, we'll just dive on in, and, and our number seven guy is AJ Dillon, um, who some of you maybe have heard um, in t- the t- end of the 2018 season going into 2019. Um, but AJ Dillon, he's a running back out of Boston College. This is a big running back, six foot. 247. Wow. Uh, but ran a 453 at the combine. Run so I mean, that was tank. yeah, absolutely. You don't want to get in his way. Um, but yeah, so in 2019, he actually ran for 1600 yards and 14 touchdowns on a pretty bad Boston College team. Wow. Um, and the ACC wasn't very good, but you know, he's just a he's a power back. He's ran the ball a lot. He's had some injury issues, so I mean, you get that with these bigger guys. Um, but AJ Dillon is just he's a bruiser and um, I don't really think he's going to be your workhorse, but I think he has some comparisons is, with like James Conner. Is he a running back or fullback at the next? Yeah, level? and that's a good question. I think depending on where he goes, I think teams could could look at that. Um, I tell you what, if he's a running back back there, I don't want to be trying to tackle him. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, I think James Conner is kind of his maybe his high ceiling. Um, very similar body sizes, maybe not two forty seven for James Conner, but yeah, I he's just he's I think some fits for him. Uh, maybe the Lions. Uh, Dolphins, Titans, Steelers. We're going to be repeating a lot of these. How about a team like the Packers that just lost their fullback to the Patriots? Would he be a good fit to that. be their fullback? Uh, yeah, I think that would be. I mean, you could bring him in, and if you have Aaron Jones in the backfield and A.J. Dillon blocking for him, who do you hand the ball off to? It makes defenses kind of wonder what you're going to do. That's a really good pick. And, and A.J. Dillon's going to be probably more of your third, fourth-round type running back. Um, and so there's good value there if you can keep him on the field and healthy. So. Yep. Yeah, I really like A.J. Dillon. Um, it's just he kind of has some limitations, which uh, you do get some, with some of these bigger running backs. And then number six, you have Zach Moss out of Utah. And really, Utah is kind of a cool team because they had a lot of seniors and that were very, very talented players um, and, and are going to be leaving to the draft. Um, it's just kind of a cool Utah team. But, yeah, Zach Moss, smaller guy, 5'9", kind of fits what more of these running backs are like in this draft. 5'9", 223, only ran a 4'6", 5", so he's not a very fast guy, but – now, what you're talking here, the best comparison I have for Zach Moss is Frank Gore. Really? Absolutely like a clone of Frank Gore, in my opinion. Uh, very a balanced running back with great vision and patient, right? Yep. You know, he kind of waits behind the line a little bit and then finds that hole and hits it and yep. goes. And I think Zach Moss can surprise some people. And I think depending on who you look at for rankings, some might have him as like the number three running back, number yep. four. We have him at six because we're just higher on some other guys. But Zach Moss um, with with – if you took away some of his injury concerns, I think he might be like a number four running back on a list. How about the Bills that need another running back with Gore and Singletary? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, what better person to learn from than the clone himself? No kidding. But, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, that would be a great fit. I also think the 49ers. And I know they have all the running backs in the world. Yep. and But they could always be acquiring running backs for that team that uses maybe three at a time. And 
So I just think as that, nice as it is to have a group of running backs, it's nice to have one that is your go-to. Yep. And I think they kind of, as good as they were last year, I think they lacked that one go-to guy that they need for the future. Like Frank Gore was before. Well, they had Tel- Tobin Coleman, who yep. was really good. And then they had Raheem Mostert, who I really like. Yep. But they're kind of both, they have their both, they have their own skill set. Those are guys. I think Zach Moss is a more of a number one. Yeah. Those are guys that have kind of jumped around the league. So, I mean, you never know, is it going to translate season to season? So yep. I, I do like that fit. Yeah, uh, yeah, I said Titans as well for them, uh, but Chiefs. I thought yep. Chiefs could be another team too, um, and Damian Williams and him, and because they're not bringing back with Sean McCoy by the sounds of it. But uh, yeah, um, that brings us to number five then, and that's Cam Akers out of Florida State, five ten, two seventeen, pretty good running back size, and he ran a four four seven, and that's that's fantastic for for a running back that you know is two seventeen. Now eleven hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns last year on a yep. Florida State team. Uh, I know you and I both like Cam Akers. Tell me about Cam. Yeah, well, he was on a bad Florida State team and still put up a thousand yards. So, I mean, he can make his own holes. He can he's done that a couple receivers. years, a thousand yard yep. seasons. So, and I mean, he's an above average open field vision once he gets out there. He can break tackles. He doesn't have elite speed when he gets out there, but good enough to run away from players. Is it kind of funny that the best comparison for Cam Akers is the guy who he, he was before him at Florida State yep. and Dalvin Cook? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a splitting image of that. And you'd take that all day if yeah. you could get that. Um, I like the Bucks for him staying in Florida there. Yeah. I mean, That's you get Brady there, you got all the weapons, but their running backs just haven't been there the last couple of years. So I think that'd be a good fit for them. Uh, the Ravens and Chiefs are good ones right there. And I also put the Chargers down on there. I think he'd be good yep. fill-in for Melvin Gordon. And I like the Packers on that list too. That's one that I put down. Yep. I think he'd fit in. Um, you know, he's. I think he's a guy who's going to come in. He'll be a number two to somebody, yep. be a great compliment, and he'll be pushing for number one carries and, and the pretty pa- quick. And the Packers are going to have to pay – a lot Aaron, of money. Both are free agents next year at the Packers. Yep. So do Williams you really want to pay that when maybe your running backs aren't a premium anymore in the NFL? So yep. something to think about. Yeah, and this is where we're talking about the runs going to be started on the running back group, you know, with Zach Moss, Cam Akers, and then our number four guy are all kind of in the same mix um, in terms of where do you have them ranked. But once the top guys start going, our, our one, two, three, then these guys are going to follow pretty closely behind. Um and yeah, so we might as well just go to our number four guy who keeps rising up boards and who I'm a big, big fan of. And that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire um, out of LSU, um, 5'7", 207. So very small, kind of like a bowling ball type. Um, ran a 4'5". And, but his stats, kind of like Joe Burrow, 1,400 yards, 16 touchdowns. Like That's a just, lot of touchdowns in a season. Just for an a absolute like, anomaly where he just came out of nowhere and yeah. had this wonderful season. Um, I've seen some comparisons actually of like Maurice Jones Drew yep. um, when he when he came out. Um, yeah, smaller guy. He's like a bowling ball. You know, he's got great center of gravity, great balance. Well, don't forget he also had 55 receptions and 453 passing yards this year. So and I'd say behind our top player on our list, he's maybe the most balanced overall player. Yep. Great at pass blocking, so he can sit back there. He'll take the hits, but he'll keep your quarterback healthy. Yep. Um, great out of the backfield catching the ball. But, man, get the ball into his hands, and he's going to make some people hurt. Let me throw out a couple places that I think would fit. Even though they signed Todd Gurley, I like him with the Falcons. Yep. I like Seattle. I like the Lions. And I think we both thought maybe the Rams would be the best fit for him. Yeah, I think Rams would be a really good fit after losing Gurley. Edwards Alaire comes in. He kind of does everything. He doesn't He doesn't have as much wear on the body. I mean, he hasn't played a ton of football, but he comes in. and He only had 215 rushing attempts this year exactly. with a pass-heavy offense. Exactly. And I think he kind of fits that offense a little bit um, as, as well. I think another team to look at that I really like would be the Panthers. Really? You know, Joe Brady is coming over from LSU to, to Carolina, and they really don't have a backup to Christian McCaffrey, and they need to not be running McCaffrey as much. Even though my fantasy team loves it, they just they can't be doing that because McCaffrey's not going to hold up for long. For sure. Bring in Edwards Hilaire, and when you have McCaffrey off the field, you have another guy out there who can catch like McCaffrey, who can – you know, run in between tackles, run outside, and also protect. Uh, well, it'd be Teddy Bridgewater at, at the moment, but you know, I think it'd fit in really well. And you bring in Joe Brady's system, and I think that'd be a great fit. I think Edwards Hilaire has moved himself out of like that three four range, solidifying himself into the second round, uh, early, and probably out, early second. Out of this running back group, he might have the longest career out of any of them, just because, like you say, the wear and tear is a lot less than a lot of other players in this draft. Yeah, and you have a lot of um, draft analysts who think you know Edwards Hilaire is their favorite running back prospect. Maybe not their number one guy on their list, yep. but just what he brings and the value where you're going to be getting him. So look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire if you're a team that could use a running back. 
because where you get him in the draft, he's going to be an instant impact player. And you're gonna he's gonna be a fan favorite. People are gonna love him. So that brings us to our number three player. And this is a guy who, if you're talking about production, there's nobody really in almost in college football history that's had the production of this player. That's Jonathan Taylor, yeah. Wisconsin, you know, 5'10, 226. But here's what's crazy, right? 439 in the combine for a guy that just once he, he breaks tackles. Yep. Um but yeah, tell me about Jonathan Taylor and what he's done at Wisconsin. Well, like you say, perhaps one of the greatest running backs in college history. I mean, 2,000 yards this year, almost 2,200 yards last year, on top of 21 rushing touchdowns and 21 rushing touchdowns last year. So, I mean, definitely yeah. a Heisman candidate two years in a row. He's been, I'd say he's been shafted in getting that Heisman yep. recognition. So, and he's quick. I mean, he can make the cuts to get down the field like he shows. And it's against good teams. It's against Michigan defenses, Ohio State defenses. You're just saying that because you're a Michigan fan. Yes. But, I mean, he does it against top talent. Absolutely. Yep. And Ohio made, State. I saw that you didn't mention them being a Michigan fan. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he has the first step in the second year to get away. Um, he's a natural runner. Things like that, and he has great vision. The one downside, and I'll let you guess it, is fumbles. And he fumbles the ball quite often, yeah. and that's going to get you on the bench pretty quick. And I think in know. his career, and I was looking at the numbers, and he averages like almost one point six fumbles per game yeah. over and, his career, which is nuts to think about. And another downside is he had three hundred and twenty attempts this year. Wow. He had three hundred and seven attempts last year. So he's got a lot of wear on his body for his age. You know, he's very much of like the kind of what Derrick Henry's been for the yep. Titans is what he's been for Wisconsin. It's just put the ball in his hands and he's going to make plays for you. Um, he, he's just absolutely – he's one of the funnest players to watch. And you just hope that he has a ton of success. But I'm – you know, he will not pass block. That, like, is one of the, that is one of the problems with him. People coming off the edge. He's a liability back yeah. there. Unlike Edwards Alaire, um, you talked about the fumbles and you just – you worry about his injuries and, and his longevity. And, and I like him with teams like the Lions who are kind of searching. Again, not a pass blocker. They like to pass, but yep. he can learn. I like him with the Chiefs. But he's going to have to learn. Yep. I like him with the Chiefs. I like him with the Packers just because of the connection through Wisconsin. Yep. If if that's the path they go. I also like him with the Bills like a lot of these other running backs. So can you think of any other teams? I love him at the Titans. And I've been a big fan of this pick. I don't know why, but I just think – it's a perfect person to learn from in Derrick Henry. I just compared him a little bit there. But Derrick Henry's had a lot of success. You don't see him lose the ball very much. I think learning from Derrick Henry in that regard. Um, but, yeah, also Derrick Henry gets franchised. I don't know if they're going to get that long-term deal done. And if if he does fix these fumbling issues, um, they lose Derrick Henry maybe next year. You bring Jonathan Taylor into the fold. And he wouldn't have to run the ball nearly as much, maybe get some back you know, some legs back under him. What about the Redskins learn under Adrian Peterson who had fumbling issues in his career? Yeah, that might be the best, you know, best fit for him just to go with somebody, you know, I think, I mean, everybody, it seems like all running backs probably look up to Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Somebody he's probably looked up to, but yeah, go in there. He's going to have an opportunity to run the ball, but yeah, you have Darius Geis in front of you and Adrian Peterson, but really Geis with his injury history and Peterson with probably not lasting much longer, he does have an avenue to get a lot of touches in the future, yep. but could learn from one of the best. You know, he's going to have to take that Tiki Barber route and, <laughs> you know, to become a pro bowler like he could be, he's going to have to, rec- you know, get that fumbling issue fixed and become a pass blocker. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and Jonathan Taylor, depending on your list, he could be the number two guy. I mean, he's just he's, – he's so electric, and he's probably the best pure runner in the draft. Yep. Um, there's no doubt about it. So – uh, our number two player, though, Ohio State guy. I mean, it might hurt you to talk about, but J.K. Dobbins, uh, running back, Ohio State, 5'9", 210, ran a 4'5", so not a terrible time. But, you know, what about what do you think about J.K. Dobbins? Well, he had 2,000 yards this year. I mean, 21 touchdowns on 300 rushing attempts. So, again, he had a lot of carries. A lot of people like to look at him and compare him to Zeke just because of he following up on him. Used very and, similar. And he has the same talents. He's not quite the runner that Zeke is and have the same body type. But he has good vision. I mean, once he gets going down the field, he's fast and he's hard to stop. Uh, he, he has a good suddenness when he decides to make cuts like that. I like him, again, with the Cardinals maybe the Lions, Rams, or Steelers. And I think the best fit for him would maybe be the Ravens with that fast-paced offense. Yeah, you put him with Mark Ingram, and I think that'd be a great fit for the Ravens. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins is another kind of bowling ball type body. Yep. You know, he bounces off people. But yeah, he can also make you miss. He, he's he's a fantastic player to watch. Um, yeah, I've always kind of thought, again, we've, we've mocked 
Uh, Cam Akers to the Packers. I thought J.K. Dobbins, the Packers would also be, you know, would be a good fit. But yeah, J.K. Dobbins, I think wherever he's going to land, I think we're talking now players who could creep up into the late first, yeah. but are going to be some of the first guys taken in the second round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he if he falls to the bottom of the first round there, and say the Ravens decide to take him at pick twenty eight. You, you can't blame him there. No, Rashad Penny was taken in the first round a few years ago, and I would take Dobbins over what Penny was coming out of well, college. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, you're, if you if you see teams like, you know, if the Dolphins keep all three picks, using their last pick on him. Yep. Um, you mentioned the Ravens. Yeah, there's just teams in the late first that would love to have his services, and he'd fit in really well there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it leads us to the number one guy, um, and that's as probably many of you know DeAndre Swift, uh, another Georgia running back. Just keep, they keep popping him out of Georgia. Um, and they all they all tend to do pretty well in the NFL. But another smaller guy, that's the kind of the trend of this class. They're kind of smaller running backs, 5'8", 212, ran a 4'4", got a good good time on him. Um, but do you want to talk a little bit about DeAndre Swift? Well, and while he's smaller, I mean, he makes up in the physical ability and strength. I mean, he's able to shed defenders, get going down the field, where maybe some of these other smaller running backs aren't able to. He had 1,200 yards, seven rushing touchdowns. The stats and, don't blow you yeah, away. And just shy under 200 attempts. I mean, there's been some injury issues in the past with him, things like that. I don't think those carry over to the NFL necessarily. Again, nothing's going to wow you with him watching him on tape, but he's going to be a consistent runner. And I'd say he pushes to be a 1,000-yard back every year, which if you can find that consistency, you'll take. Yeah, 1,000-yard back every year in the SEC. I mean, and we, we saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's numbers you know, in the SEC, but that was for kind of just a one-year window. DeAndre Swift, he's shown he can do this a couple years in a tough division. He looks good against these SEC defenses. Um, but, yeah, he's your most complete back in this draft, catching the ball out of the backfield, running it, making people miss, running through the tackles. Well, and like you said, I mean, he has the speed that maybe the others don't where he can get outside. A lot of the other backs, I mean, it's a smaller back draft, and they're maybe not able to get outside like he is. So, again, you talk about he's going to be maybe a mid-first-round pick. Yeah, he has, at, he's the one guy that has the potential to go – Go yeah. higher in the first. You talk about the Titans if they need one. I think it's a little early for them if they have Derrick Henry even on a franchise tag. My team that I like is the Dolphins with all the picks that they have to take him, solidify up that run game. And they, and you know, he, like we talked about in the free agency recap, they signed Jordan Howard, yep. um, put DeAndre Swift with them. I think you don't have to run him as much. I think those two as a running back tandem would, would be more than, uh, more than enough. And I think the best fit for him would be the Chiefs to go to a winning organization like that. I mean, he's a mature player. He'd be able to plug and play right away. I can tell you who I'm drafting in fantasy if he lands at the Chiefs. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the running back group, like we talked, it's not it's not your elite top-end players. You know, there's nobody to get super excited about that your team could get in the first round. But I think, you know, we've laid out a couple people you could be really interested in. But the idea that these guys that you're going to get, the, the maybe the, you know, Dobbins, Taylor, Edwards-Alaire, Cam Akers – in the late, in the mid seconds, late seconds are the guys that you really are excited about just because the value that, that comes with the, those players. Absolutely. So yeah, well, that's our running back group. Um, you know, if, if you want, if you wish we would have done the top 10, you know, go out there and look at maybe the eight, nine, 10 ranked guys. But yeah, I think top seven group is, is a group to still be, to be pretty excited about. Before we put a bow on episode five, our quarterback and running back preview for the 2020 draft. We did want to do a little hypothetical game where we play GM for our, our for our favorite teams, um, and we decide who we would take in our first round and second round if we had to only take quarterbacks and running backs. So for the Packers drafting at thirty, Robert has to decide if he take a quarterback in the first round or running back, and then you know who to do in the second round and what players he would choose in those positions. So Robert, as GM for the Packers, which is a terrifying thought, who are you taking in the first round, what position, and in the second? Well, I'm going to take Jacob Eason in the first round just because of the arm talent. Um, you can't teach it. You can teach mobility, the ability to read defenses, but you can't teach strong arm like that. So give him a couple of years to learn behind Rodgers, just like Rodgers did under Favre. See what he can become that way. Are you taking another quarterback in the second? You might want to. I'm going to take Cam Akers, the running back out of Florida State. I mean, he was on a crappy team for a long time. I think you get him on a team where the pressure's off of him to be the guy, and I think he'll be able to shine a little bit more. So I just think he he produced at such a high level without any other help. I think once he gets to the NFL, he's going to be a breakout running back. Yeah, I mean, I really can't argue too much except for the fact like that you're taking a quarterback in the first round when oh. you really need to be putting more assets around Aaron Rodgers, which I do think 
you know, if you were to take like a DeAndre Swift in the first round, you're putting just an elite talent, you know, in the backfield with Aaron Jones and hopefully getting the most out of Rodgers instead of being like, hey, get out the door. We have another guy. I can't be worse than Ted Thompson was as a GM. That's very true. Very true. So, yeah, as the Eagles, if I'm this GM, if I if I kick Howie yeah, Roseman good. out the door, which would be sad. Um, <laughs> you got to be risky like him. Yeah, I would really hope that Jordan Love falls to us at 21. The city of brotherly love. Yeah, and just hope that, you know, uh, you get more insurance policies for, for Carson Wentz because you know he's going to be out a couple games. And then in the second round, I'd absolutely take Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I not to say that I think the Eagles could actually take Alaire in the second round, but if I think if he fell to the third, we've got quite a few picks in this draft. I do think that they could do that because they, they let Jordan Howard walk. And I think put Miles Sanders together, Boston Scott, and Edwards Alaire, I think you actually have a pretty good running back. So you're going to keep your injured quarterback and bring in an unproven yeah. instead of a maybe Jake Fromm who has the experience oh, in college? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we look for hand size is what we look for at the Eagles. You know, we just we, – Stay we had, away from Joe Burrow. We then. had Nick Foles, and we know he had more than nine-inch hands. But, you know, with – with that, I think we we gave you our preview of the quarterbacks and running backs. Um, it is a fun group to look at. Uh, the quarterback group, it's going to be interesting. You know, we talked about it a little bit in free agency preview or recap that uh, there's not as many quarterback needy teams now. So do quarterbacks fall a little bit come the draft? We don't know. And with running backs, you might not have the elite talents, but it's a deep group. And yeah. I think teams that need a running back are going to be happy with the value that they get. So uh, with that, you know, we'd like to say thank you for for listening as always. Uh, thank you for your support. We really do hope, my brother and I do, that, that you guys are all well and that you guys are staying safe and you're staying quarantined and that this thing passes through so we can get back to our daily lives. I think we won't take the normal lives anymore for granted. Um, what do you have to say to end this episode? Lock yourself into your house and listen to these podcasts on repeat. Share them with your friends and family. Yeah, we'd absolutely love it if you guys could share the podcast. You know, as you know, and you might be listening already, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on any, really anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're at please subscribe and please share it with people. We could get the community growing during this time where we don't have a lot of sports to listen to. So we do thank you for that. Find us on our Facebook page. Yeah. A Facebook and Twitter page at quicker than fast podcast. Um, stay up to date with all the news and stuff we've done. You know, we'll keep doing it as free agency uh, news keeps happening. We'll keep sharing information and get the conversation going. Um, any uh, recommendations for episodes that you want to hear. If you want us to break away from the draft topics for a while, email us at, at qtfpodcast at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, you know, again, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Um, watch for episode six coming. Uh, we're just going to continue on the uh, prospect previews. We're probably going to be on offensive linemen and defensive linemen next. We're only, what, a month out from the we're, draft? We're about, yeah, about a month out from the draft. So uh, we're going to be a little draft heavy for a while um, leading up to the draft. So thank you again. Um, until next time, keep it sleazy, and we're out.